Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. Special shout-out and thanks to the Arizona Tea Party for hosting me with a presentation and I'm sure I made enemies with every single elected official in Arizona and if I missed anybody they'll have to invite me back so uh, great great uh, great job Francine thank you for inviting me wonderful group of people met a couple of brothers who've been to the Supreme Court on the election fraud pretty cool stuff anyway we have a good show for you here on the Doug and Dave Intel report and um, we're going to be covering a couple of things, but one area we're going to start with is something I, I actually had this discussion in the car on the way home with my security, and uh, will the military defend the people in times of trouble? We're going to get to that here, but first I need to tell you, uh, you won't have to worry about the military if you don't have food, uh, and you need lots of storable food. How much? I think you're floating with disaster if you have anything less than two years of food and seeds. And you go, okay, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. And tyranny can last a long time. So you really need to do this. Uh, the usual variables are in play. They haven't raised their prices. They still have sales. And they're still operating at full capacity, 25-year shelf life. Go to preparewithdave.com. And if you have food, you better have water. And as you know, the Alexa Pure Pearl Water Filters on its last legs for supply purposes on the last vendor in the United States. And I don't know how long it's going to last. I, I would tell you if I knew. I do not know. But you better move on this quickly because if the grid goes down, <laughs> Katie bar the door, you're going to need a lot of storable water. You'll have to scavenge, and this is why you need it now. One for each member of your family and one in reserve. Go to waterwithdave.com. That's waterwithdave.com. And then finally, our good friends at Noble Gold will get you prepared to have a soft landing when the economy crashes. They'll diversify the heck out of you. I've used them several times for my purposes, and I know I'm not going to take a financial bath when the crash comes because Noble Gold is there protecting me. They can help you, too. If you have a nest egg to protect, you owe it to yourself to call 877-646-5347-877-646-5347. All right, we have Doug Thornton for the Doug and Dave Intel Report former Marine military contractor and DHS had a lot of supervisory capability been to the border, been to Portland, cracked some skulls of liberals and now he's here to help straighten out the country that he couldn't change from within Doug, i got a fundamental question for you this came up at the Tea Party meeting when all hell breaks loose 
and it's coming. And we could have a civil war before for November. If that happens, what do you think the military will do? Well, you got a fundamental question. Uh, I may have a radical answer. <clears throat> yeah. Going back to what our forefathers would say, if we don't fight for this country, we will lose it. Um, if we want anything to retain in this country, any normality, we'll have to fight for it, Dave. Now, you know, we, we base these uh, theses on a, a context of hyperbolic ideas to an extent, you know, the what-ifs. And all I can tell you is that <laughs> every single person who plans on being a actor on that theater better be prepared for all ramifications and repercussions. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is that unless this is the Armageddon war to end all wars, which I doubt it would be, a civil war in this country would not last forever. And due to what we know that the realignments of the world based upon the Antichrist will be, there will be a government restructured and reformed. So if you participated in anything, you may still be accountable for it later. Now, what I'm really talking about here is that if America gets into another civil war to the extent that we are going to depend on the military to back us up, well, then all hell is broken loose, obviously. Now, I think that would be also upon the cusp of a world war, because why wouldn't it be? Um, but can the military have your back? Well, that depends. There are scenarios. Where does the military get deployed, Dave? The, the, the military will get deployed to certain strategic locations. For one thing, you're going to have to have a military contingency like National Guard or some form of a security force to protect your national assets. That would be your Fort Knox, your intelligentsia buildings that are all throughout the country, uh, major uh, ports of entry, which would be the borders and which would also be the the, uh, the coastlines. And then you'll also have, hopefully, military contingencies that will be at all the power plants, nuclear power plants, because you'd want to keep your energy infrastructure going, uh, i.e., look at what happened with Ukraine. All right, They tried to uh, take their military and place them in every uh, strategic location as possible. So that's your water transportation, so that's your highways and interstates. Then you're going to have military that will be at, you know, maybe uh, major intersections where large cities will meet. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of creating a buffer zone because the last thing you want is for any type of other military to gain a foothold within a city. So you'll have, you know, probably all your, your large major uh, mega cities throughout America. You'll probably have military contingencies around those. Obviously, you'll have your military contingencies around any type of uh, energy production center, like a nuclear reactor, uh, or even dams, because you don't want the dams breaking. That That's millions of people that can die within a matter of an hour. So, 
that's just starters, all right? And that strategic placement takes time to move people and assets and logistics because a military moves on its stomach. So there's a whole logistical train that would follow a tank column. And will that tank column be uh, transported by the railroad? Or would that tank column fuel up and go down the road? Now, one problem with that, and you have to think of this logistically, tread vehicles tear up roads. So do you want your tanks going across the interstates, the highways, and the bridges? Or do you have to find another route? That That's another part of the logistical problem. If it's of dire need, you're just going to get there no matter what. What if the city implodes? What if the cartel comes through the border? The military will be dependent upon intelligence gathering apparatus. So that intelligence gathering apparatus is going to be from your three-letter agencies, like my old one. And then it'll also be based off of your law enforcement branches and then possibly civilian militias. Uh, I think during that point in time, civilian militias will actually have a lot to do with the military. Uh, I personally believe the military will side with the people. I also personally believe the Pentagon and other higher-ups within the military to also consider uh, various factions and detachments of the military will side themselves with the politicians will go into the deep underground bunkers and will garrison themselves there. And then you're you're probably not going to see or hear too much from those people. The other people will be those who say, we're not going to follow orders, we're going to defend America. Now, what that percentage could be, is it 80-20? Is it 70-30? I don't think it's 50-50. I think it's at least 70-30 that 70% of the military will align with the American people to include the Air Force, to include the Army, Marine Corps, the Navy, the Coast Guard. Also, where does Space Force align with this? So, within this whole, you know, smorgasbord of military, we have to find out who is on the playing field, who has an actual battlefield role, And who is it that's going to be uh, staying on the bases? Or who is it that's going to be in forward operating bases carrying out the further logistical needs? Because your infantry units, like what I belonged in, and then your security force uh, units or your uh, combat of arms movements, uh, those are going to be other, you know, secondary troops and tertiary troops that are going to be on the playing field that will either be... Uh, I guess you could say reinforcing the front-line units, so that's your infantry units. Or those will also be units that will be in holding positions, and they will be guarding the strategic locations. You also have artillery. Artillery will move most likely with the line companies, the line battalions, uh, because typically artillery gets attached immediately, just like tanks, uh, to the infantry units. And that's a lot of firepower. That's a lot of heat. And if that's turned on a city, man, there's not much you can do about it. There's really not. 
based off my experience from what I've seen, if we really wanted to just focus, like let's just use Dallas for an example. If the U.S. military here in Texas, the Army, wanted to take its tank brigade, an artillery brigade or company, and then a couple companies of infantrymen and turn it loose upon Dallas, good luck. You're probably not going to win. You know, the, the, the Army will take that city. Uh, you know, there are strategic ways that you can take a city like siege craft. You can sit there and bomb that city until people just give up. And then you can create corridors where people will, you know, evacuate themselves out of. Like we saw Russia doing in Kiev, like we saw Russia doing in uh, Mariupol. And then the other problems come in line, which is where you have your tunnel systems, your subway systems. Now we have to have troops going through there and uh, verifying that there's not any combatives in it. You know, the city fights get complicated, Dave. They get very complicated because you have a tremendous, typically a tremendous more uh, third-party casualties than you do initial combatives. You know, the problem the problem lies based on what we saw in Iraq is that the guerrilla army or the terrorist organization. And this is not a uniform military attack. So if it's a guerrilla army or if it's a terrorist organization, they hide amongst the people like the Viet Nam. So just like in Vietnam, you have to get into these cities and you have to lay lay siege to them until you eventually make them fight you. That's exactly what happened in Fallujah and Ramadi and Baghdad. So it can be very complicated. You know, does the military turn on us? Or do we support the military? And let me ask you a question. Could that be different state by state? Well, man, you raised some good points there. I think, honestly... Dave, I believe you're Mike. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm sorry. I uh, No, I'm not muted. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, I got you now. Yeah, okay. I went cough mode here for a minute, and then uh, I came back. Your last point was a good one. Um, let me tell you how I see it, then you can kind of compare and contrast. The Joint Chiefs will become irrelevant figureheads. Mm-hmm. No one will pay attention to them. Uh, if I was Biden, I would do unit command changes if I saw it coming to avoid loyalties and so forth and so on. Um, I think the rank and file will go along for a while until they see that, hey, they're victimizing Americans and the troops will rally. I think they'll defend the people. Yeah, you know, based off my experience... It's typically nothing changes until someone dies. So, let's just say if there was an unfortunate scenario, an unfortunate scenario, where a National Guard was forced to, like they did with the order police of Nazi Germany, where they were forced to go in and round up dissidents, or the unwanted. And 
their order was to just, hey, you know what? You kill all the men, you you take all the men prisoner because they're going to be in the internment camps, the work camps. Right. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. We already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water. With Dave.com, that's waterwithdave.com. Save $80 for a short time. And then the women, the children, and the elderly all get the bullet to the back of the head after the men have dug the graves for them. You're probably not going to have a very good outcome in America. Now, I say that, but also don't say that with full confidence. If you have done the exhaustive reading on Nazi Germany, as I have, through my study and research, I have found that there were plenty of times when they, uh, the order police, which would be more or less their National Guard, uh, were given this moral, ethical decision to make that either we align with the Nazi Party or we align with our people and we refuse the orders the problem with this is based off of what happened with crystal knock uh, the night of the broken glass is that people all saw that adolf hitler uh especially on the night of the long knives was 
more than willing to send his henchmen after you and kill you if you disagreed with the party or you did not go by the party's uh, wants and needs. So far in America, do we have any type of group that is hostile enough, uh, alien enough to the society that they have separated themselves already, that would be more than willing to uh, bring violence upon their fellow citizens because that's what the party recommends. Yes, we do. That's Antifa. That would be groups like Antifa, Banff. Uh, you also have a lot of these extremist groups like BLM. Uh, we would we would typically want to call these actually call these domestic violent extremist groups. Uh, or even terrorist groups. I would completely call them terrorist groups. So, if you just so happen to be that group of people who said, yeah, you know what, we're not going to go along with this, and then they send you the mob, which claims no affiliation to anyone, but they just manifest. Though we know someone is steering and guiding the mob, and also uh, is financially responsible for their actions... They will use the mob, just like the uh, Nazi party used the brown shirts, to use coercion through intimidation and fear tactics, and also through physical harm or death. That works. It worked in the 30s. It'll work in 2022. Uh, it worked in 2020. Why couldn't it work two years later? That is the repercussion of what happens when you go against the party. Also, take a look at what happened in the 50s and yeah, 50s, 60s with China. When Mao Zedong was still alive and still, you know, killing, genociding his people, if you spoke out against the Chinese party, you didn't just disappear. Your family did. Yeah. Your village disappeared. So, if the wrong person were to get in line and uh, get the power, and they had the right amount of useful idiots that would be more than willing to save their own skins by killing their fellow citizens, then yes, the complicated problem will come, and these people, these useful idiots, as I would call them, would say that they have the solution, and the solution would be to bring death and violence upon their own American citizens. Now, could that work? Could could Antifa create enough of a military, amass enough arms and manpower, Dave, to fight the National Guard no. and win? No. Yeah. They don't have military assets. They don't have drones. They don't have whirly birds, helicopters. They don't have the uh, fixed wing Jets. They don't have the armor personnel carriers, the tanks, the artillery. They don't have the special operations. Now, what they do have is the backing of political elites who will say that the Antifa, the BLM, are the real patriots. They are the freedom fighters. They have aligned with us and 
you will fall in with the United Nations when they come here to back you up. So you're going to be in a holding position until China arrives. Now, what happens, Dave? Man, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I don't. Nobody does. Nobody does. Um, I have a feeling if you mention China, the soldiers are going to start to plot. Well, I mean, what what does the average private in the army and in the Marine Corps right now? What is it that they think whenever you say General Milley colluded to betray? The United States president. Oh, by the way, he's still the uh, head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He didn't collude against Trump. He colluded against the national security of the United States. Uh, all of it. All of it. So whenever Milley, who would more than likely be the one who would let everybody know the U.N. is coming to back us up because... We have military officers and NCOs and staff NCOs who have betrayed their oath and have aligned with the enemy, the false patriot. See, this is the this is where treachery becomes uh, very entrenched when. You have people that are in the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and this is all hypothetical. FBI, put your pencils down. Uh, let's say you have people within the Joint Chiefs of Staff. You have people within the executive branch who are, for whatever reason, have become diabolically uh, authoritarian. They've decided overnight, we're going to turn ourselves into a dictatorship. We're going to take over the country. We're going to end constitutional rights. And we're coming after your guns. Let's just say guns, right? That's everybody's hot topic button. So they start to take people's guns. And then you have members of the military who say, nope, I don't agree with you. We have a constitution. And you have betrayed your oath of office. You have betrayed your allegiance. I'm going to side with these people and start using my military assets and manpower against yours. The argument that will then be brought to the United Nations or to NATO will come from the President of the United States and then the other one will come from a representative of, you know, a conglomeration of people who claim to be patriots. That's the way it'll be, pro it'll be uh, proposed. Whoever is the President, whoever holds office, will always hold more sway to the UN into NATO. Just like how, whenever we tried to overthrow uh, Bolsonaro, I believe it was Bolsonaro, uh, out of Venezuela, excuse me, Maduro, Nicolas Maduro, out of uh, Venezuela. When Mike Pence and the mustache, uh, when they tried to overthrow Venezuela, and we started that war there, they ended up going to more or less NATO and to the United Nations and saying, hey, look, who are you going to decide on this presidential election? Are you going to decide with me, Nicolas Maduro, who is the current president? I'm the president-elect, you know, that they elected me, but yet 
meddling people in the United States have propped up this guy through the CIA backing, and they've caused a small war in my country, a small civil war insurrection in my country. Who are you going to back? The world went 50-50 and they ended up siding with the Venezuelan dictator who's been starving his people for years. So we're on a precipice right now. If that happened in America, and it was Biden as president who did this, once again, it's hypothetical, I think the UN and NATO would align with Biden, even if Biden decided to violate our Constitution. There's another variable and it has to do with the competing money ideologies that we see at war in uh, Ukraine. The digital, I'm going to own everything you have, uh, Western democracies, the U.S. and Canada, versus pretty much everybody else that says, no, we're going to go back, we don't trust digital. You're not going to do that to us. And Venezuela is, is uh, opposed to digital. This is where I think the dividing line is going to be drawn. And I, I don't think it's going to matter two, two thirds what the UN says. Well, currently, Biden is looking at uh, lifting sanctions on Venezuela that will allow our oil companies to go in there and to start uh, either drilling for oil or doing some sort of a transaction with Venezuela for petroleum products. So. There is a move right now to capture the oil that's in our hemisphere before this next big war starts, which is smart. Strategically, it's smart. You know, uh, we bankrupted, more or less bankrupted Russia, uh, as what our politicians would like to tell us. And so then we go down to Venezuela this would be probably our second or third time that we've done this, Dave. And we say, hey, look, we'll lift the sanctions on you. We'll enrich your country. Let us drill and let us float that oil back up to our refineries. But you have to abandon Russia. That would con- that would mean that we would have control in our hemisphere over the oil. And that would put a large American footprint back in South America, which would then force... Chile and Peru and Brazil, uh, Guyana, uh, that would also mean that Chile, uh, Colombia, all, all those nations, Argentina, they would all have to eventually come to our side because they're all aligned with the BRICS nation. And, and, you know, stupidly, we didn't do anything in South America. We should have had South America in our back pocket. We should have. There's no excuse for why we have it. So because we haven't, we allowed Russia and China to creep in. The problem is, is Russia and China, China through the Belt and Road Project, obviously, has bought and paid for most of these countries to include almost all of the Caribbean, like literally all the Caribbean, and then also Mexico, and then Central America. And we have a little bit of a foothold in, the, in Mexico and Central America, but not that much. Uh, the other part of that... <laughs> The other part of that, Dave, is could we uproot Russia in Venezuela right now? 
only if Venezuela thought they had a better deal with us. Do you think that's what it would take, though? Do you think yes. Venezuela is is on the point now uh, economically? And you're right. It, the, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the wars always have to do with economics. They, every single time, uh, materials and resources, land mass, and then the economic driver. Right? Uh, I'm with you, Dave. I think if we gave Venezuela an option, I think if we gave all of South America this fiscal option to say, hey, you're all broke. Let's take this entire hemisphere together, tie it all together, and then we can flow resources from north to south using what type of uh, council? The trilateral council. <laughs> okay. That's how I would do it. I would open up a corridor, a corridor from Argentina to Canada. You would knock China completely out of the picture. However, our politicians seem to be a bunch of idiots, so that would probably never happen. It, you know, this is this is the thing that we've talked about with Ukraine quite a bit. Where is diplomacy? Where is this de-escalation talk? There hasn't been any. We keep sending billions and billions to Ukraine, but yet we are enriching our enemies and we are making ourselves poorer and more broke. Uh, we're killing our military, killing our economy, allowing our cities to fall. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Fall into a Gotham like state and there ain't enough Batman out there to save them and we're allowing our enemies to no longer slowly uh, surround us Dave they're quickly surrounding us so what are we to do about it what do you think honestly my best advice to the Biden administration is to circle the wagons around America, get our heads out of the sand, reinforce the boundaries of the Pacific and the Atlantic, don't allow encroachment, don't allow any encroachment across our atmosphere, by the way. Uh, I would be putting protective measures upon every single one of our satellites, and I would reopen up the damn Keystone Pipeline. We cannot depend upon Saudi oil, Venezuela yeah. oil, Iranian oil, and OPEC. Fatal flaw. Fatal flaw. The Biden administration's mission is to tear down America so they can build back better. <laughs> well, not to change the subject, but I'm going to change the subject on you for a second. Lori Lightfoot. All the stuff that's happening right now with the Roe v. Wade decision or the leak of a decision 
And now we have Lori Lightfoot. I'm going to quote her, by the way. Lori Lightfoot on Twitter says this. To my friends in the LGBTQ plus community. That plus would mean pedophilia. The Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. <laughs> you know, what's really interesting about this, Dave, is that there was another group out there, and that was uh, brought to you by Andy No, the uh, independent reporter. Uh, Andy No also posted this from another group. Quote, We have run thin on patience and mercy. A far-left group has released a statement claiming responsibility for the arson attack on a pro-life group in Madison, Wisconsin. They're promising more violence and say they will not be issuing any more warnings. This is what they wrote, and they posted this. It says, this is not a declaration of war. War has been upon us for decades. A war... Uh, let me see. Uh, which is not want and did not provoke. Which they did not want, did not provoke. Uh, too long have we been asking, uh, excuse me, too long have we been attacked uh, for asking for medical care. Too long have we been shot, bombed, and forced into childbirth consent. This was only a warning. We demand the disbanding of all anti-choice establishment, fake clinics, and violent anti-choice groups within the next 30 days. So they are promising that within the next 30 days, they will have Wisconsin-like attacks all over the country. And a, uh, a spray painting along one of these, uh, I guess, uh, pro-choice uh, women's clinics says, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. I wish I had um, a nickel for every time I read the Kigali Principles. Do you know where I'm going with this? Oh, yeah, but, but continue. Yeah. The president on his own say-so can declare emergency and call in the UN, or the UN can decide on their say-so, that we don't like what's happening in America, we're dispatching the troops from 28 member nations. That's part of what uh, was drilled in uh, Cap Grayling, uh, where they war-gamed this in Jade Helm 16. So, um, but part of me really believes your unit commanders and the soldiers will get their backs up against the wall, and it'll be on. Now, here's another variable we haven't even considered. What about the Space Force? They can rain holy hell down on the Earth with almost impunity. Well, Space Force has access to more than just that. Uh, <clears throat> the ability to use cyber warfare... If we don't have our grid taken down, Dave, we have cyber warfare units who can do that for us through strategic cyber warfare attacks. Now, could you imagine the same group of people who fight against cyber warfare attacks every day then stop 
managing the attacks and then start assisting in the attacks. Meaning, could you imagine in Washington, D.C., somewhere near Washington, D.C. is a nuclear reactor, okay? Every day, that nuclear reactor gets about ten to 20,000 DDoS attacks on it, a couple million a year. If the U.S. military and those members of the three-letter agencies decide to no longer assist in thwarting these direct denial-of-service attacks and decide then, well, if we don't want to send anybody to uh, D.C. in order to try and take down the corrupt government, hypothetical, by the way, okay, hypothetical, then we will three-mile island D.C. and force them into capitulation or we will blow up the nuclear reactor. <laughs> Cyber warfare. Yeah. Even, and, and, even if that's not applicable, the ability to use psyops, the ability to use psychological warfare is extremely capable of swaying people's opinions that that threat could be real. What do you think about that? Are you talking false flag? Oh, I'm not talking false flag. I'm talking about talking the U.S. military. Yeah, I'm talking about members of the U.S. military could, <laughs> could if they wanted to, they could target a hydroelectric dam, turn it off, and let it you know just implode, causing mass damage, taking down power grids. Or they could override the reactor some way, somehow, the nuclear reactor near any type of uh, element of power like Washington, D.C., and potentially threaten a nuclear explosion which would engulf D.C., it's a hell of a way to make a threat. And those capabilities are there. We stop them every day through the amazing work of the men and women who work for the government, who their job is literally to stop these type of attacks. And my hat's off to those people. I've known a few of them. Uh, that is the tricky part of civil war. We have people on either side of the aisle who keep the satellites in geosync orbit. What happens when they just want to, you know, put a couple extra, you know, digits into the uh, geosync orbit of some of our, I guess you could say, uh, more important satellites and then take down parts of our ability to communicate with ground forces? Those capabilities are there. Espionage from within our own government could cataclysmically destroy our efforts to stop anything from thwarting a invasion or an internal dispute within the country. I'll, I'll give it to you like this. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're going. Well, look, you're, I mean, you're defaulting back to the Kigali principles in large part. Yeah, it, it, it is, because just consider this. 
if I really wanted to and I had one of these specialized units, all I had to do is start finding out where the electricity is going to. All I have to do is then start finding out where the natural gas is flowing to. Hit it with enough direct denial service attacks that I overload the system and I cause mass explosions. Like what happened in, I think it was the 1980s or 1990s in Britain. Massive explosion caused by a failing electronic system. And then boom, huge explosion. Four to five months, no power. And you can localize those attacks. Yeah. We would call that a, uh, a zero-sum game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hear you. You're in the Marines, and the Blue Helmets come in. And you know they're going to, their operation is to um, stamp out any American resistance with extreme prejudice. How are you and your unit going to respond? I guess it would be how is my unit responding to whatever's happening in the country prior to the UN? If, if the active duty military is being used for military operations inside CONUS, inside the continental United States. Posse Comitatus is obviously thrown out the window, most likely martial law is in effect. So if we're taking on sporadic small arms fire from the civilian populace, consistently and constantly having to defend ourselves, well, then you just pitted the you versus me scenario. So if it's a you versus me scenario, and me and my boys are consistently having to defend ourselves, and then we have assistance or backup from the United Nations come in, it will take a matter of time, most likely, for those units to marry up and then to have joint missions together. And probably, Dave, after it's too late, when the Marine Corps or whoever would learn what's really happening, then you're going to have to contest with the UN. And I don't know how that looks. I mean, you, you can war game that with, hey, you know, I turn my military against yours and then we fight it out. But not everybody's going to be on the same picture. Just because you raised your hand and took an oath doesn't mean you can't be easily swayed or lied to. You know, we we have quite a lot of people in the military right now that have been exposed as being communist. What about those people and their friends and the people that they influence? It's the worst time in American history for a civil war. Literally. Yep, I agree the with you. Worst time. Well, partly because we're going into a resource-starved environment. And not only will we have to worry about foreign troops coming in, um, an overzealous police force of some sort, whether it's Obama's or ACORN or whoever it is, um, we'll be turning on each other because of the lack of resources. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you talk about lack of resources. Wait till. Um, 
military units can't be supplied. And then they don't even have a resupply. There's no logistical chain to supply them with ammunition, with fuel, uh, with uh, a barracks, housing. Uh, and then, you know, you start to uh, lose faith in your commanders. Well, for one thing, you're already doing coin ops. So most likely you'll be doing counterinsurgency operations and third block warfare, which means on one block we're spreading humanitarian missions, the next block it's a policing action, and then the third block is an all-out gunfight. That is what's happening in Ukraine. Ukraine is a perfect example, ladies and gentlemen, for what could happen in America. Take out all the politics and take out all the craziness and just look at it from the military standpoint. You know, it's uh, it, it's quite a thing to see a city fight. It's quite a thing to witness it. It's quite a thing to be a part of it. Uh, the only example I'll give you is just the most simple example that there is out there. The, uh, the, the sniper scenario. Anytime we were on patrol in Iraq, we took that one sniper shot at our squad we obviously, you know, broke down, hit the deck, did what our, our tactics and training SOPs would tell us to do. And then we would envelop on wherever that sound came from because you had to find the uh, point and direction to, so that you can identify the shooter. Then start using suppressive fire, maneuvering techniques, and then you move up and then you, you know, neutralize the threat. Well, then that puts you on a hypersensitive... Uh, frame of mind for probably the next couple of weeks where you're jumpy. You don't trust people. You know, the enemy is hiding amongst them. They can be anyone. You know, things really change, Dave, when IEDs start getting used. That's when things really change. When improvised explosive devices, which I happen to unfortunately know a lot about, start to be used or suicide bombing starts to being used. That's when the warfare really changes because then there's really not much talking because you really can't trust people and everything moves very slow because every bag could be a bomb. Every dead body could have a grenade under it. These are things that we've experienced in Iraq and Afghanistan. There's things we've experienced in Vietnam, Korea, World War II, World War One. you name it veterans understand this and so do historians like yourself we understand the complexities of war what does that do to a civilian populace though the civilian populace becomes terrorized because now the element of warfare has changed from two uniform groups just duking it out in the streets to a guerrilla warfare where one group terrorizes another and then hides themselves amongst the population well I don't want you hiding amongst me because then they're they're going to drop a J dam on this building that me and my family are in. <laughs> so then you know that pits Americans versus Americans versus American military. It can get complex. It can get very complex. And that, once again, that's where your coin operations come in, your counterinsurgency operations. Which doesn't just mean that the UN would be going door to door, kicking in doors. It means that the UN would be going and finding sources, making confidential sources, using human intelligence, bribing people, 
moving families out of zones into a safe area so that they can use that signals intelligence, that human intelligence. It gets complicated. I think it's simple, though. I mean, I see it as whatever brings the most power the quickest is going to be the path to follow. At what point in time, though, do people rely more on patriotism than they do on feeding their family? They won't. Feeding the family will always come first. Yep. Patriotism lasts maybe the first and second battle. And then when your family starts to get shelled and you're having to move your loved ones, once you see the the carnage, and by the way, in the midst of battles and carnage is still crime, right? There's still crime, still rapes, there's still robberies, there's still uh, you know people that are kidnapping each other, still your psychopaths and your serial killers. So in between all that, will the average, let's just say, good old boy patriot still want to be out on the front lines joining the fight or will he want to come back to his hometown grab his sweetheart and his kids and move them into safety I'll remind you of what happened during the French and Indian Wars during the French and Indian Wars when men were out upon the frontier and they were fighting for the British against the French and their Indian tribes uh, that uh, aligned with them you had war bands who would then go along, uh, you know, different frontier settlements, and then they would raise them. They would set fire to them. They would kill everybody there. So that's a psychological warfare within itself because, well, then I wouldn't want to leave and go fight my enemy because, well, another side could come and kill all my family. That's your Antifa. That's your cartel. That's the role that they play. I'm going to use a phrase. Depopulation AI. I know. I knew that would stump you. They want us dead. They have the means to do it now on a mass scale. And I think they'll use AI to do it. What about your biological? As long as it's race-specific, like what Wee Fang, the defense minister for China, called for in 2017 against the United States, as long as it's race-specific, yes. I mean, that's an effective means of warfare and also psychological warfare at the same time. Uh You know, if you've ever witnessed what the uh, sarin gas or VX gas does to the monkey in the cage... When you start to see something literally melt, uh, which is probably the most horrific thing my eyes have ever seen, uh, you'll change your mind about going and fighting. See, here's the problem, Dave. And I could be guilty of this, and so can you. We take our rah-rah patriotism, and we want to you know, put on our cool guy gear and grab our cool guy helmet and our uh, our expensive rifles and go out and fight for freedom until... Until the chemical weapons and biological weapons get used. And then, ha, 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 no thank you. Because if I want to go back home to my family, well, then I may 
bring that back home to my family. And if I don't have a proper ability to decontaminate myself, well, then I'm screwed. It is... uh, I'm I'm weighing the likelihood, Doug. That's my silence here. I'm thinking, how likely is it the other side will use it? China will use it. They've told us they'd use it. I believe China would use it, Dave. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah, I believe they would. I think they would use it on... uh, I don't think they have that much of it. So I think if you're going to use it, it would be a strategic strike, a shock and awe, film it, use propaganda, psyops, and then you spread it on the Internet. Because most likely the Internet will still be on. Most likely we'll still have power unless they have cut that. Because I wouldn't cut the power. I would cut power regionally as I move in. As I move in, I would cut power. Because if I have the ability to spread psychological warfare off of Twitter, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be spreading out all my propaganda messages. That's really good. <laughs> That's really good. I, um, I, I stay awake at night playing chess with myself oh my God, and, and think of, of how I would destroy the country. I yeah, started thinking of work Yeah, I started <laughs> thinking about workarounds there, Doug. And there ain't many. I, I do think the military will rise up, but I think the odds of it being successful are minimal because not enough of them will. Tell people about your show. So the American Vindicta Show, we're on GS Radio, KYH Radio, 540 AM. On uh, GS Radio, it's uh, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. On KYH Radio, it's 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain. Also on uh, YouTube and on Rumble. Currently, we're working on the secret societies and the occult. And the latest thing that I have put up is Bohemian Grove. So uh, check that one out. Yeah. And we're also on the commonsenshow.com where you'll hear the show. That's the, right. Uh, yeah, you'll hear the uh, Doug and Dave Intel report over there. Pretty cool. <clears throat> Our thanks go out to Tim Alberino and the Birthright Conference people for allowing Doug and I to come in. Oh, yeah, what a and, great and run a lot of the media. Oh, man, I was like a kid. I said this. I said I feel like a kid in a candy store. There were so many talented people, and we got to meet some great people from the audience. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was that was probably my most favorite part about that was meeting uh, the people that support us. And uh, my hats off to everyone that we met, and a thank you to everyone who listens to the Doug and Dave Intel Report who likes it. And I would say, uh, you know, please subscribe to what Dave Hodges is doing. Uh, he's probably one of the most important men in this movement right now. And uh, the TV show, Dave, you know, the, the yeah. Common Sense Show TV, two ninety nine a month, people, $2.99 a month. Well, we're trying to just pay for bandwidth, but uh, we, you and I have a show over there, too. Um, we don't duplicate between the venues. It's pretty cool. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, we have a lot of good guests there. We try to keep the expense cheap enough here where we're just paying for bandwidth and our podcasts are taking off like unbelievable. Anyway, we're flat out of time, my friend. I will speak with you tomorrow and everybody else. We'll see you back here next time. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Thanks, Dave.